You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Happy Friday. The weekend is upon us, or almost upon us. And we're excited to be hanging out with you. Thanks for being here. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. Tom DeCelestino hanging out in New York City at D-Cell CBS, executive producer of the show, pop culture guru, Andrew Bogish, at Andrew Bogish on Twitter, maven of the updates, bringer of the truth that D-Cell doesn't want to hear, Tom Brady hater, going to get a little support in that department later in the show. Uh, we'll also get to Nick Saban. I love Saban. Especially when Saban gets all mad and angry. I'm not even going to tease it any further than that. I'm just going to tell you I've got a, I don't know, two, what is it, D-Cell, two or three minute rant? Two minutes? It's magic. We'll get into that. Uh, our buddy, my friend, former Green Bay Packer, Super Bowl champion, Brady Papinga going to be on the program. Brady once let me, he once brought into a studio and let me hold his championship ring. And then I believe he told me, as a Bears fan, that's the closest I would ever get to experiencing him. And on both fronts, it's hard to argue. It was very kind of him, and he's probably not wrong. Uh, we'll do by ourselves, we, we always do, an hour and a half from now. And trying to get Cell not to put so much soccer and aliens and alternate universes in there. So we're, 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 working, we're working with him, we're working on him. And it's bum of the week because it's Friday. We got some good candidates, and I don't even know if you saw this. The guy who could be a perennial contender, a, a bum of the week Hall of Famer, if you will, Kyrie Irving, a late emerging contender for that award, along with, you know, Brett Favre, Hall of Famer as a quarterback, maybe not as a as a good Samaritan or otherwise, as a Samaritan. It's a weird expression. I think it's biblical. And if you want to call us, 855-212-4CBS, Twitter, Sports Writer, Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. A lot of things to break down, a lot of things of note, and that were interesting, from last night's Thursday night football showdown between the Chiefs and the Chargers at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, Missouri, where I used to live. 27-24 victory for Kansas City. But here is the main takeaway. There's a lot. We'll get into them. I got it. Injuries, etc. And a streaming debut on a national scale for Amazon. I thought they did well. The Chargers aren't there yet. Good football team. Good football team. Chargers aren't there yet. And the Chiefs never stop being the team to beat. In the AFC and probably the NFL. You cannot win every Super Bowl. I think the best comp we're going to have for this Chiefs team, this run, which began four years ago and will continue health allowing for the next 10, is the Patriots run under Brady. Patriots didn't didn't win every Super Bowl, far from it, but they were the team to beat every year, certainly in the AFC and at the start of the season, more or less in the NFL. I know the Chiefs didn't win a Super Bowl last year. Believe me, the Chiefs know. They're playing like it. They're still the team to beat. And there was a reminder of that on Thursday Night Football. Mahomes wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. But he was pedestrian. He was fine. He was less than his all-time great self, something like 24 or 35 or 36, 
for 235 passing yards, had a couple touchdowns, didn't throw a pick, had a good game. But there is, and this is part of what happens, when you really do have an all-time great who connects the locker room. And by the way, Wisconsin, and we're on Milwaukee, let, let me just make this point about, about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it applies to Aaron Rodgers. The truly great of the greats in the National Football League are so beloved or respected, and they're different things as leaders, and so talented, even when they have, not bad games, but even when they have relative off games, they infuse their teams with a sense of belief and confidence and fight where other people step up. And you saw that yesterday for the Chiefs. The defense won that game, won that game for the Kansas City Chiefs. And you can make the point that the critical turning point of the game was a really good, man, it was a good football game. Great teams win those games. Emerging teams, that's the Chargers, compete and don't win. And the huge play was the first and goal late in the game from the Chiefs' three-yard line, if I remember. I think it was the three-yard line. Where Justin Herbert, really good quarterback. Really good quarterback. Is he the next Mahomes? No, because the next Mahomes is probably seven somewhere because it's a a once-in-a-generation thing. But really good quarterback throws and there was a miscommunication I got it a pick six to Chiefs rookie Jalen Watson 99 yard return and you could certainly make the case and it's probably legitimate well I mean it turns out Herbert was was battling injury man and that's part of the reason the Chargers lost Uh, if you miss this Justin Herbert did not speak to the media after the game has a rib injury he's going to be tested today we don't know the extent to which he's he's hurt and he's injured. And if that comes down during this show, we'll tell you. And, of course, when it comes down, you'll find out here on CBS Sports Radio at your wonderful affiliate on the Free Odyssey app. If that's how you're listening, if you're listening on the podcast, you probably already know. You probably are ahead of where I am right now in real time. But the reason Justin Herbert was hurt was because the Chiefs' defense got to him again and again and again and again. Two sacks, seven or eight quarterback takedowns, hits, their hits, depending on where you look, and just harried him throughout the night. The Chiefs stepped up and filled that void around a Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, if Mahomes is bad, they don't win. But he wasn't amazing. He didn't put the team on his back. He didn't have to. Why? Because they're a team. They're a team of belief. And when you have a guy like Mahomes who's willing to do what it takes on and off the field to win. I know he makes a lot of money, but he, he structured his contract in a way that made things easier. And let's be let's give the front office and Andy Reid credit. When you have a front office that's able to say to Tyree Kill, see you, bro, and invest, invest that money in other places, you have a lot of different contributors. I, I, not that this is the game changer, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, fairly high pick for the Chiefs a few years ago, running back, has been fine. Those of you, maybe me, who have drafted him at times in fantasy football and then been really disappointed, know he's been fine. Broke off a a pretty key 52-yard run late in the game yesterday. That's a career high for him. Not a, not probably not what you're going to see on the main highlight reel. Maybe it'll pop up here and there. Probably not going to be on a lot of sports talk radio. But that play and the play of that defensive line for the Chiefs and that rookie for Kansas City, Jalen Watson, right place, right time, whatever, 99-yard touchdown, baby. Those are the marks of a football team. Not a team that has Patrick Mahomes. Packers fans, note this. A complete football team that knows how to win. 
And it, it is easier when you have an all-time great quarterback and you know that every time out there, and this really does have an impact, you're Clyde Edwards or Lair, you're Watson, you're any of those guys, you know that if you do your job, if you make a single play, if you don't give up a big play the other way, that you got a chance to win because you have Mahomes. But that comfort, that ability to be like, oh, man, if I just do my job, we're good, makes the team better. And it's not a guarantee. See the Packers. I'm not trying to take shots at Green Bay. Really, I'm... I actually respect the hell out of that organization. I probably am taking shots at Aaron Rodgers because all the Devontae Adams is gone. Oh my God! Well, you know, there's no Tyreek Hill, and the Chiefs showcased to the Chargers what it looks like when you're an actual championship contender. And I don't think it's smug, right? But there's a joy in Mahomes' voice after games. He's talking really fast, right? He gets excited, kind of like I do. I like listening to Mahomes talk because I'm like, okay, well, that dude's got a high voice, and he talks way too fast. He even puts ketchup on a steak, and, and I wouldn't do that. <laughs> That's a line I, I wouldn't cross. But you can hear Mahomes here talking about that game and, and what happened. And, and to me, at least, it just sounds like a guy who's so comfortable in his own skin and so confident without being unlikable Aaron Rodgers, who can build himself up without pulling other people around him down Aaron Rodgers, that there's an infection clearly from this guy to his football team. Pretty much the first half, we were, try- we were, we were trying to protect the ball out fast and do stuff like that. Um, I just thought in the second half, we just we trusted in our O-line. We, we gave them a few chips, a few uh, receivers, hitting tight ends, kind of doing stuff to help them out. I thought they did a great job of giving me that time, to, enough time to make those throws, but uh, that's, a, that's a great defense, and I thought we battled and found a way to get the win. The defense kept us in the game. Our offense, we didn't. I mean, we didn't play our best football, and I think the defense, that was huge for them to keep us in that game, make some plays, get points on the board, um, and then just, and just give us a chance. And um, I think with a young defense like that, to see that this early in the season, I think that's going to carry us the rest of the way. I think he's right, by the way. That was one of my takeaways, too. I'm glad Mahomes got to the same place I did. It's a good sign for his football acumen. That defense was really good early. Normally that Chiefs team, their defense, under Spags, their coordinator, it, it, it's a complicated scheme that he runs. Actually, Brady Papinga is the person who walked me through this on the air and off the air maybe a year or two ago. And told me to look out for this. Maybe it was two years ago. It gets better month after month. It's already pretty good. Let me give you a, a stat about Mahomes that's, that's remarkable. And I'm intentionally talking a lot about the Chiefs. Not taking shots at the Chargers. They're just not in the same category. They're not in the same class. They're not. And, and that win for the Chargers over the Raiders. Good win, by the way. 24-19, 24-18 in week one. Good win. But close game. Why? Because they're on the same level. They're both the Raiders and the Chargers, and I think the Broncos, despite what happened in Seattle, good enough to make the playoffs, good enough to make a deep run, good enough to go undefeated if they play in the NFC East every single game. It's a little joke, but it's not a joke because we all know it's true. But not good enough to supplant the Kansas City Chiefs if, if the Chiefs can stay healthy. And here's a reminder of that. Since 2018, Mahomes' tenure in the National Football League as a starter went down 10 points or more at any point in the game. Mahomes is 8-7. and seven. I'm not even going to give you the stupid 533 win percentage. It's what it is. I'm going to tell you that that's 53% of the time his team comes back and wins the game. Down 10 or more at any point. Every other quarterback in the National Football League is 141, 796 and 4. 15% success rate turning things around. Or for D cell, 152. You want to go baseball? The guy's a machine. And that's a lesson for the Chargers. You can talk about the injury and the fact that Herbert was playing through pain and discomfort in the fourth quarter, and there's no doubt that was significant. 
It's also true that the Chiefs didn't play their best football for long stretches of the game, and L.A. couldn't put them away. And I understand that Herbert's had success against the Chiefs over his career, including their hood. I got it. It's different when there's a weight of expectation on your shoulders. It's different when everybody is saying you might be the team, the new shiny team, the team to beat, the team to challenge. Chiefs have been going through that for four years. This is the first year, really, where the weight of expectations are massive on the on the Chargers' shoulders. And they came up short. Not because they're a bad football team. They're a really good football team. They might be a great football team. But whatever they are, there's a wide gulf between that reality, Chargers fans, and whatever the hell the Chiefs are. If you're good, they're great. If you're great, they're extraordinary. If you're a contender, they're the favorites. In the NFL, the end. And we saw that last night. Herbert's a really good quarterback. He ain't Mahomes. That Chargers roster is really impressive. It ain't the Chiefs team. Not just roster, football team. And the Chargers are probably, I think they are probably going to showcase this year that they are really formidable. The Chiefs are the favorite in every football game they play this season. They're still the Chiefs. We told you this yesterday. Man, they're good. We need a little balance. A little yin and yang, which I once called the yin and yang in an article in Little Rock, Arkansas. And many of our listeners in Arkansas might have been the very folks who correctly wrote me letters to the editor about how dumb I was. I've been trying. It was 20 years ago. So let's get you a sad voice. We had some joy, Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Everything's great. I like this. I like this stuff they did. Yeah, I did too, Patrick. Uh, Brandon Staley is the head coach of the Chargers. And... um. This is what it sounds like when you have a great quarterback, when you have a really good roster, when you feel like you can have some success. Maybe there's a Super Bowl at least run within grasp over the course. I know it's a long season. And then you run at full, beautiful, miraculous speed with all your ability into a wall, the immovable object that is the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you go to a podium and are like, man, what happened? He's okay. Um, It was a tough game. And you're not going to see a quarterback in any level of football, play tougher and do more for their team and will their team um, to give them a chance than him. There's nobody that can do what he can do. Nobody. Um, He showed a lot of guts. He showed us what he shows every day, um, that we're never out of the fight, and he brought us back and gave us a chance. It was just a tough NFL game, and he took some big hits, and none of those big hits had any impact on him bringing his team back like he always does. Yeah, big hits from the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Great game. Great game. I ain't writing the Chargers off either. I'm not saying they can't do it. What I'm saying is they're not there. The ultimate mark of success, not even the mark of success, the primary ingredient, and it's a stew, it's alchemy, it's a crazy concoction, a mixture of random things, but the, the, the most important ingredient to greatness is failure. It's how you respond to it, right? It's an ingredient that can take, can take things a lot of different directions. The Chargers can catch up to the Chiefs. I don't think they will, they can, but they're behind, and they got to catch up. And that is the lesson of last night's football game. If you want to weigh in, if you got a take, if you have a perspective, if you want to make fun of me for saying yin instead of yin, that's cool. 855-212-4CBS. It's toll free. All right? You push that number. If you're one of the 11 people in America like me who have a landline, I do. For the first time in 20 years, I got one. I call diesel on it sometimes in the morning. It's toll free. 855-212-4CBS. You're not going to get a long-distance call. If, like most of America, you have a cell phone, it doesn't matter, right? Because all the calls are what they are. Still, it's the same phone number. Just call it. 
855-212-4CBS. Uh, Twitter is free either way. Sports Rider, Sports R-E-I-T-E-R. Let's get into um, Amazon's broadcast. I thought they did a really nice job. And let's uh, let's give Andrew Bogus some support because D-Cell's not very nice to him. A, um, a tragically named former quarterback goes off on Tom Brady. That angst and magic coming up next here on CBS Sports Radio. Get ready for week two with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, everyone, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, just a few days away, can't wait, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code RIDER, it's my last name, to get $200 in free Bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's the code writer, R-E-I-T-E-R. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be present in a state where lawful to wager. 21 plus in multiple states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Bonus issued as free bets. One early when token issued option. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wager restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. And some would say not even good with the takes. If you're a Chargers fan, you might be like, whatever, Ryder. But I want someone to represent those fine folks. I'm in California. A bunch of, well, it's not true. Like four of my friends are Chargers fans. Everyone else is a Rams fan. So let's let's hear from one of those Chargers fans. Let's go to the phone lines at 855-212-4CBS. Zach, like me, is in Cali. Zach, happy Friday, brother. Thank you for listening to the show. Appreciate you. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, I don't think that the gap between the Chiefs and the Chargers is that wide. If you look at it, Mahomes should have had four picks and the injuries to the offensive line, and Everett ran a tired route in the end zone. So really, they dominated the first half, and I don't think the gap is that wide. Hey, look, I love I love the Chargers love. I appreciate the call. You're right. Corey Lindsley and Trey Pipkins, I think, went, went out, and, and each of them, one in the first half, one in the second half, didn't return. Knee injury, ankle injury, respectively, if I remember properly. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. It's a scoreboard game. And the Chiefs did not, to your point, didn't play well. I don't think the defense played well. But Mahomes wasn't great. The Chiefs looked off for long stretches of the game, and the Chargers couldn't get it done. Appreciate the call. I thought um, I thought Amazon did a hell of a job. That's not an easy thing. I, I somewhat suspected that. I was at the... Uh, at the CBS Sports HQ headquarters, as you probably know, you're not sitting there saying to yourself, what is CBS Sports HQ? Again, you're saying, wow, that's the best streaming product on the face of the earth. I agree. Thank you. And I was um, I was at our office in the New York City area last time I was in town, and I bumped into a guy that I knew from my days at Fox Sports 1 who's a great producer, great TV, TV producer. And I thought, oh, good, we hired this guy maybe because we're the best streaming product on earth. And we really are, by the way. No, he'd been hired by by, uh, by Amazon to do Thursday Night Football and a couple other buddies of mine, so people I know. I was going to say associates bogus, but it sounds a little little mafia, doesn't it? Yeah, hey, i got some associates here. Uh, uh, no? You're not a good mafia thing? Um, Andrew's not listening. He's oh, not. I'm listening. I just was letting you die on that horse. He's playing Tetris. It's fine. Um, these three folks are really good at their job. So I, I when, when, a, when a company hires good people, you know things are, gonna, are probably going to go well. But I, I thought Amazon... I kind of thought they crushed it. I didn't. 
I saw some audio issues, I guess, some syncing issues for some people, but I read that was a Roku issue, a settings issue, not an Amazon issue. Would either of you like to speak up and disparage the product of our, you know, overlords of the future, Amazon? Well, I seem to have video issues, buffering issues that were only happening on the game broadcast. I, at halftime, checked my settings. Everything was at full strength. I watched something else through Amazon Prime for about 10 minutes, and that came through crystal clear, no problems. So I don't know if it was if that's possible that it was just the game feed that was the issue, but that was the only thing that was messing up on my in my house last night. Well, that would make me mad if I were a consumer of the product. I would want to be able to see the game if I'm watching it. And I got a couple of tweets during the game from listeners uh, of the DA show because we had had a lengthy conversation oh. about the Amazon setup yesterday, so people were following up on it. And a couple of people had a similar problem, video issues. So. I don't think it was just me. Again, I think it was the stream itself. Um, but maybe that's good news. Maybe more people were watching than they expected, and somehow the system got a little tax. I don't know. I mean, you got to be able to get it up. We, I, I know a company, and I'm not going to say which one, but I know a company that might have been streaming a pretty big thing once, and, and the whole system crashed. It, it does. It's not great. It does happen. Diesel, how was your how was your Amazon viewing experience? Flawless. I didn't have one issue. Flawless. Now I checked on Twitter because I wanted to see what people were saying about it, knowing that this was the very first broadcast. I saw a lot of tweets about audio. I didn't see as much about video bogish. I didn't have any issues whatsoever. I thought it was one of the smoothest broadcasts I've I've watched. And being that it was their first one, I mean, obviously Al Michaels is a legend. Kirk Herbstreit is fantastic. I was blown away. I thought it was a great broadcast. Yeah, I did too. But but it, it worked. So that's that is step number one. Uh, Bogus. We have a Friday a little present for you. A little. I don't know if it's a surprise. You probably know about it. But just a little, a nice little moment. Nobody likes to feel like they're on an island. Even Tom Hanks had to take a volleyball and paint it with something and pretend it was you know his best friend. Right. And I feel like there's been this conversion, this movement to Tom Brady, the super saint. Over the course of the he's last on the few Bucks. years, he's he, Bill. He's on the Bucks. He's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not on the Saints. He's a saint as a human being, right? Saint Brady. Gotcha. I was trying to lean into your pastor vibe. I was trying to speak to you in your language the way you do the kids when you pop the collar, but 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 still bring you know the wisdom, right? Um, and but I found somebody who who also thinks that Tom Brady is a, a schmuck. Okay. I think that, oh, Diesel got really worried about. I can say that word, can I? You certainly can. He's a I don't. I'm not saying he's a schmuck. I'm saying that, that. Now, the good news is this guy was a quarterback with some success. The bad news is I renamed him Fitz Tragic because he went back to, oh, everything's tragic at the end. And I, I, forgot his, I forgot his last name. I literally couldn't remember if it was Fitzpatrick or Fitzgerald. It's Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is where it came from. Um, and, and he's been making the rounds. He, he did uh, something, with, I think, with Dan Levitar where he w- went just went crazy on basically how much he hates Tom Brady, basically. But from Barstool, because I just want to give you a little taste of it. Can't do the whole thing. It's so much vitriol. But you're not alone. Because normally when somebody asks you a softball question like, hey, man, does Tom Brady respect you? Whatever quarterback or NFL players, if they don't believe, they're going to roll their eyes like, oh, yeah, man, he's such a great guy. Oh, no, my friend. When uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was asked whether Tom Brady respected him, which is code for whether Brady's a good guy, 
this was Fitz Tragic's answer. No, zero respect. Really? Would never shake my hand. Really? Uh, Wait, he wouldn't shake your hand? It just pisses me off because you're in Buffalo. You're playing New England. They're kicking our ass every single year. They're beating us. And we finally, in 2011, knocked him off. He threw five interceptions in the game, which was just wonderful to see. Every single one of them was like, <laughs> and run straight off. Like, no handshake, no you know quarterback, middle of the field, where are the cameras? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, stay healthy, buddy. You know, pat me on the head and let me go. Like, <laughs> yeah. just ran straight off. So it bothered me so much because there was no respect there. So it was like every time I played him after that, I was like, all right, like, Let's make this dude respect me. Really sounds like Fitzpatrick is saying that Brady's a phony face schmuck dude. Uh, Not really sounds like that's what he's saying. And this, I think, makes four quarterbacks who have talked about this habit from TB12 that after a win, where are those cameras? Let's get to midfield. Let me act like the QB legend I am and pat you on the shoulder pad and say, good game, stay healthy, good luck next time. Everyone's watching, but then when T- when Tommy Tommy Brady loses, wah, 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 off the field I run. This is three or four guys, so that means it's the truth. Get me a Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey. He's my new favorite quarterback. Is that something that you would enjoy for Christmas? Because my children, being obviously well-adjusted and not at all spoiled and focused on the right things, decided September was a good time to present me with Christmas lists. Mm-hmm. And they're long. And my kid is, um, he's not getting a motorized bike when he's 18, let alone when he's 10. That's the new thing, the, the motorized bicycles. I know. But I'm, I'm in a Christmas list place. Would you like a, a Fitzpatrick jersey? I mean, it's, yeah. I don't know which one I want. Do yeah. I want a Harvard, like, real throwback Ooh, old school one? Yes. Do I pick a cool NFL one? I just. You have a lot of choices. I mean, you I played know. on about half the league. It's true. That's true. I don't want an Amazon Prime one. That would be weird. Um, if they make a Fitzpatrick fake beard that I could attach to my actual terrible beard, I would sign up for that. Although the shirt he wore on the pregame show last night, that was fantastic. True. You're not wrong. I think your beard is excellent. Mm. Uh, by the way, I didn't want to bring this up, but we're talking Christmas presents and jerseys. I am in a bit of a dilemma. Um, D-Cell has also presented me with a list, and it includes a Bogus Sucks jersey. Which, A, I don't know where to get, and B, feels like it would be counter to the spirit I'm trying to create between you guys. I don't know. What, like, you couldn't just leave that unsaid. I want to. I thought we could workshop it a little bit. I tried to sneak it in there in, like, the middle of my list. Not the first or last it item, wasn't. just right in the yep. middle. I hope you kind of, like, glanced over it. Like, I couldn't just yep. enjoy Fitzpatrick giving me new Brady ammunition, confirming <laughs> my hopes and dreams. It. I couldn't just enjoy that, like, through the update until next hour. Within the same segment, you've got to drop another completely unwarranted attack on me from D-Cell. If anybody I mean, ever wanted to interview me for a podcast, I would probably do some sort of Ryan Fitzpatrick imitation on how he feels about Brady and how I feel about you. That's probably how it would go. Except that Brady really did disrespect Fitzpatrick. All of my disrespect is a complete fabrication. I mean, look, I, 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 do, I do sort of enjoy it a little bit when you guys fight. Because I know deep down that's about love. I've never seen The Odd Couple. I don't know who starred in The Odd Couple, and I don't know if it was in black or white. But I understand that that's a reference I can make when I say you guys are the modern odd couple. Except we're not a couple. 
because he's Couple making dudes. up reasons to not be nice to me, and you keep feeding the beast. I don't. I whatever. Very upset. I think we should do a segment. I was thinking about this. This is a total non sequitur. I want to do a segment on on people's Twitter bios that annoy me. I gotta find some. But do you guys want to do that next? Do you guys can you guys like round up some Twitter bios that you find annoying? Like, does Tom Brady have a? I haven't even looked. Does Tom Brady have an annoying Twitter bio? Anything on there that tweaks you? Let's look. Well, my internet's not working very fast because it's as sad right now as uh as bogus. It is sympathy lagging. It is all of three words. Two of them start with an F. Can you guess those two words? Hmm. Freedom, fun, football. You got one of them. Know. You got one of them. Football what is one three? of them. Family, what are the... football. Family and football. Uh, family and football. Family and football. It used to be family. football and family. He switched it. <laughs> it's right, family first right. now. If his wife ran the account, it, it would be the other. It would be the other way around. She would do a little fact checking. That'd be fun next week. Let's do that. Let's do let's do Twitter bios that are. Oh, what is Jay Cutler's? I don't even want to look. I want to be surprised. I'm gonna have Diesel pull pull Jay Cutler's next week. I think you hurt Andrew's feelings. I'm glad I'm not a part of this. I. I oh, you're a part of it. I'm crossing it off the list. He needs them off then. He needs to know what it feels like. He does <laughs> Major it to, League. He does it to me on a daily basis. He needs a taste of his own medicine. That was a great cross. Him off then Thank was you. a major league reference. Major League Diesel is a film about no, the no, then no. Cleveland I've seen Indians Major League. I've and seen it, it. And, and how an owner tries to move the team to Miami so she can join a really cool club and like have nice weather, and tries to lose on purpose. But this lovable uh, band of losers, through comedic trial and error, but also the magic of teamsmanship and team, you know, teamwork, are able to find a way to win. I guess it's a single game playoff against the Yankees, or maybe it's the final game of the year, and to to beat a, a really large tobacco spitting home run hitter who throw threw at his own kid in a, in a father son game. And at one point, they're going through a roster, and that guy's dead. Cross him off, then. That's the (laughs) reference. (laughs) I've watched the movie. I know the reference. I got it. No, it's a film. It's it. it, You'd have to you'd have to watch it. A motion picture. You're saying? It is. It is. It is absolutely a motion picture. All right. Let me ask you guys this before we go. Let's let's turn it back to sports because I don't like seeing grown men cry Um, or just feel sad. And I'm being serious with this question. Do you do you think it is a character flaw or something that should be just accepted and celebrated? Those athletes who a part of their competitive makeup is just being bad sports because they are out there. I mean, and when you cover sports up close, the way that I have, the way that Andrew has, the way that 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 D. Snow would like to when he's done getting through his his library of movies, there are guys who are terrible, terrible sports and who are babies or you know what schmucks when they lose and maybe it sounds like Brady's that guy but if it's part of the the recipe of greatness is that just part of the deal guys that you just should you just celebrate it some guys can be good sports some can't when they lose I'm fine with it doesn't bother me I get it I I don't compete on that level never have never will but like I, I I get it I'm I'm okay with it Isaiah Thomas the Hall of Famer is a great example of this has been disparaged for not shaking the Bulls hands whatever I know Isaiah I can say Nice guy, like I really like him. Maybe not a great, maybe not a great front office. Here's the re- here's the real question for me. This will ultimately, if it hasn't already, get back to Tom Brady. 
does he reach out to Fitzpatrick? <laughs> no. No. Zero chance. He literally won't reach out across a, you know, with his hands. Yeah, but that's after <laughs> he loses a, a rough game where he throws five interceptions. Dude, I th- I'm not saying it's Tom- tomorrow, but does he ultimately send him a text, send, uh, give no. him a call? It's more likely ask- Fitzpatrick's off the Amazon broadcast by week five. Let me ask you a question. I agree with that. When you look across your yard and see ants, do you name them or think of them a week later? That's uh, how Brady no. views Fitzpatrick, as an ant, as a meaningless creature that doesn't even operate in the same realm as him. Maybe slightly annoying in the moment, but not worth the trouble to squash, let alone apologize to. I do think Brady's probably, what, one of the five or six most arrogant athletes on earth? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one to answer because there are guys who are probably, like, if you could somehow quantify it, are more than he is because they're not as good of a player as he is. Like, he's arrogant, but a lot of it's warranted. So I don't— It's warranted. Like, to me, to really be arrogant, like, you have to be really overshooting your shot. Like, acting like Brady when you're Ryan Fitzpatrick. See, I think arrogance is a good thing in certain competitors. Like, I don't— Of course. You can't not be arrogant and be—you have to be arrogant to be that good. Not a put-down. I once wrote that Tom Crean was arrogant. He got all mad at me, and then we became friends like a year later. And I still maintain not a put-down. Who's the most arrogant radio host at CBS Sports Radio that's not on the air right now? It's a good question. It's a good question. I'll let Diesel answer that one first because, again, I want to be friendly here and a gentleman. So, Diesel, please— I'll I'll respond to your your answer. Uh, I'm going to be a good teammate here. There there is no host that is overly arrogant here at CBS that's Sports the, Radio. That's the correct answer. It is a rare bastion of humility, and now we're all full of it. Eight five five two one two four CBS is the phone number. I'm really excited to go after some people's Twitter bios next week. Uh, Disa, you got to dig some up. You got to find some good ones. All right. Uh, do you want to uh, do you want to go on a on a Saban rant journey with me? Tom, are you excited about this? Please, let's do it. Nick Saban gets all mad about, well, I'll just let you listen to it. It's pretty amazing, and we're going to do it here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Some folks listening on Sirius XM all mad. Chargers were better, man. You're an idiot. Okay. Yeah. They were better for long stretches, and they lost the game. Which means even when the Chargers played a higher level than the Chiefs, the Chiefs are a winning football team. So winning teams do. Do you say you're right, buddy? I'm doing great. It's Friday. How? What's not to be in a good mood about? What's the big What's the big plans for you this weekend? I don't know. Actually, maybe a little apple picking. It's uh, It's getting to be that kind of weather here in the Northeast. Oh, you're an apple picker kind of guy. I am now. Now that I'm a dad and a husband, I'm an apple picker now. So when you go out, you they give you a, like a stick and you reach up with and you pick off the apple? Oh, yeah. It's got like a little claw on the end of the stick too, which, uh, I mean, doesn't really help me much because I'm not very tall. So there's a lot I still can't get to. If you were to pick an apple and then eat the apple, like you want to experience, are you then stealing? Is, is that like eating fruit at the grocery store before you pay for it? That's a great question because... I've seen this happen before. You you could obviously finish eating multiple apples by the time you're done apple picking. And then what do you right. do? Put the core in the bag? Because I believe you pay by weight. I mean, I would go and I would I would pay for three apples and I would eat nine apples. I do apples are pretty good. Like unlike peanut butter and jelly, I'm 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 a pretty 
serious Apple fan. Um, the idea of assessing a, a football team's ability based on opponent is not the apple of Nick Saban's eye. Uh, Diesel. He and, and, and he, it's one of his pet peeves. He you could be he could be playing a community his his Alabama football team could be playing a community college. And they could be favored by seventy. And if someone were to say to Nick Saban in a press conference, Hey man, you guys are favored by a hundred and literally hundred and fifty, do you think that's a big test? Even if the people on the community college look like you and me and we're our age and we're going up against an Alabama team that is largely an NFL minor league team, Saban would rail against the notion of how dare you ask that question and undermine the focus of a team that can never take for granted geriatric competitors or whatever the case would be. And as you know, Alabama barely beat Texas, single point. It was a really interesting eye-opening game. It's still, I think, going to be an interesting question that will be answered this year. Did that say more about Alabama being vulnerable or Texas being on the rise? And Saban, understandably, I'm, I'm just going to let you listen to the question and the answer because it's long, but this is the beauty of, of the this Saban rant. While funny, I think is also insight into his obsessive worldview on football and why he's so good at his job. How hard is it to gauge offensive growth when the quality of opponent can vary? You know, Utah State, Texas, and now ULM this week. Well, but, you know, that's your opinion on quality of opponent, all right? It's not mine. All right? I respect all the people that we play, and I respect winning and what you have to do to win, all right? So, and every player should not be focused on who they're playing against relative to their motivation, but every player should want to be the best player they can be. So why would it ma- matter? whether we're playing Texas or playing somebody else. That's how you get good. That's how you develop the right habits. That's how you're consistent. You know, I've told you guys more than once. When I was in the NFL, I watched players. I didn't know who they were playing against. I was just evaluating them. So that means when we play a team that's not as good as somebody else, you don't play as good. So you let the opponent determine how you play. You let the score determine how you play. You you, you determine where you're playing. That determines how you play. So when you get evaluated, what's somebody think? Oh, this guy plays pretty good at home. I don't think we'll draft him. Does that make sense? So I respect what it takes to win. I, I, didn't I say this on Monday? What, what does what you're favored in a game mean when you're favored by 20 points and you lose? Like two teams did this week. What does it mean? It means the people favoring you either don't know what you're talking about or the players playing got affected by that. Neither one of them are good. Neither one of them are good. What a great answer. I also love the shot at A&M. Just get it in there. Just slide it in there, Nick. This is why the guy's incredible, and he means it. And, And most coaches don't have passion behind the values they pretend to cling to. But Saban really wants his guys to have psychological muscle memory. The muscle memory of playing at the highest level, no matter who you're playing against, so that when the pressure hits, or you're up against Clemson, or Georgia, or whoever it is, you're not, and he's not going to say that, but you're not thinking about the weight of the moment, or the spotlight, or the fact this series is going to dictate who moves on in the playoff, or whatever it is. 
because he wants these guys to be drilled. Like, it's the military. I believe this in Saban, and not most guys. And maybe some of that's because I've spent some time around him, which I've discussed on the air. He, it's a, it's a psychops operation. It's a psychops approach. He wants his players to play at the highest level no matter what the hell's going on. And it got me thinking, d that most, most football programs that play cupcakes do it because it's a guaranteed win, right? And that's what it is. And the cupcakes, the, the lambs led to the slaughter that play these programs, get a payday. Here's a bunch of money for your kids to get absolutely destroyed by our future NFL players. I actually has me wondered if maybe Saban doesn't do it tactically in that it's an opportunity without risk to try and work on his kids, as he calls his players, to be mentally prepared to be at the highest level no matter what. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that in if you're if you're Oregon against Georgia, clearly, or any other early season big time big time team. Saban is the is the absolute master. It also just made me laugh because Tom he gets he's mad at the end when he pounds his table. He's actually angry. He's flailing his arms the whole time. He has this look of like just just. He's confounded. Like, why would you ask me this question? We're trying to win, and we're trying to win every game by as many touchdowns as we possibly can. We don't even look at the other team's jerseys. We don't care who we're playing. It's just he, um, it's classic. And he's gotten nicer because there was a time when he would have ripped in the reporter personally. He would have said, that's a stupid question. You guys come in here. You ask me these. these. He's, he's somewhat mellowed in his approach with people who do for a living what, what, what you and I do. I love the guy, man, and I th- I've told you this. He was um, that I did my first one hour with Nick Saban one on one was one of the hardest, most intense, scrutinizing. Even though I'm the one that's doing the que- the, the interviewing in theory, experiences of my professional career, followed by maybe four minutes of just overwhelming charm. It's weird. I've I've seen I covered Bill Clinton when I was a young reporter, political reporter. Same thing. It's weird to see a person go from being Voldemort to to who's the most charming person on earth? I don't know. Tom Cruise? I don't even know what, what the right answer is. I don't. I only say that because people that have been claim he's incredibly charming. Bogish? I mean, Bogish is a pretty charming guy. I think you heard his feelings. You've got to be nicer to Andrew. We're going to work on, on D-Cell using his words more kindly. That's a parenting term, buddy. Uh, we're also going to talk NFL's Super Bowl champion, a former Packer, Brady Papinga, next here on CBS Sports Radio.